Blog Talk Radio. Hey, good evening, um, everyone. You got it, Minister? Yes, I, I got it. All right. I guess I can do that. I know you're you're working right now. Good evening, everyone. Yeah, um, you're good, though. I'm just waiting on the yes, pastor to come uh, off. So go ahead. That's no problem. Um, thank you all for tuning in tonight, Chaos Vlog Talk Radio. Um, we're just waiting on uh, Bishop. He's going to be uh, coming through tonight. And um, right now, uh, we're going to get ready for our Bible study. Like I said, thank you all for tuning in, those that are listening, those that are lending your ear on today. Definitely thank you. Um, and Welcome you at this point for Praise Tabernacle Bible Study. Um, it's going to be our family night on tonight. Uh, and pastor's going to come with our scriptures on tonight and uh, go forward. So, uh, Pastor, you're, you're on. Uh, you can let not us yet, know uh, at this point. Not yet, minister. Not yet? Okay. <clears throat> not yet. Okay. But while everybody's on and we're waiting for them, uh, man, if you if you want to try to send a text, I just want to give a, a praise report real quick. Since the team is okay. on, um, I just ask you guys to continue to pray for me. Um, I had a little scare. Uh, I don't know Friday um, what's going on, uh, but they think we don't know. We're not going to claim anything negative, but just keep me in prayer that uh, whatever they find, uh, that God will be able to heal it and, and just keep me and my family in prayer, keep my mother in prayer um, with her health as well. And, and like I said, just just keep everyone in prayer. But specifically Friday, I got to go um, take a test. Well, get the results of my test back, and we're just going to pray that everything is, is good on my end. And with that being said, I don't, I don't know of anything else. Um, just thankful to, to be in the land of the living and um, to have the mind to serve Christ. Anyone else got anything they want to say before we get started with Bible study that's on the panel? Uh, not at the moment, but um, Pastor says that uh, he can hear everyone. He said that he called twice, so I don't know. I'm guessing it's, um, you know, some technical difficulties. Right now, oh, okay. he said he said he hang up and call a third time, so he's gonna gonna get ready to call again. So I guess we gotta be on the lookout uh, to be able to I'm have on the lookout. that. Elder Oliver, do you, um, by chance, see him on? <clears throat> no, Minister, I don't see him yet. I'm trying to uh, call him and just uh, chime him in through my way. So just hold on. Give me one second. That's no problem. At least um, in, in between, I guess, I we can just open up with, with, with prayer and uh, hopefully by the time I'm done praying or something, uh, you know, pastor could come on. Uh, 
Yes. Give me a second. Okay. Asking everyone tuning in to um, just bear with us on, on tonight, um, be able to get the bishop on, to be able to uh, lead us into Bible study. Um, he just said uh, he called. Uh, just gonna do a prayer um, and try and get us uh, get us over until Pastor comes. Lord Jesus, uh, coming to you today, Lord, asking that you would just Take over the service, Lord. Take over the situation, Lord, for you know the ins and outs, Lord. You know everything that's going on, Lord. We'd like to thank you for every heart, mind, and uh, ear that is listening on tonight. Father God, I ask that you would just continue to uh, feed your people, Lord. Continue to give them the word of God, which is going to be nourishment to our soul, uh, Father God, and Lord, we're just asking that even on tonight, Lord, that we begin to get a better understanding um, on some scriptures and be able to just uh, get a get a, a a perspective, Lord, a different perspective on the Word of God and be able to apply it to our lives, Lord. Thank you for those that are um, traveling right now, Lord. I ask you to keep time, Julian. Okay. My name is Jesus, I pray. Amen. 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 Can can everybody hear me? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. Thank you all. I don't know what. I don't know what that was. I called in about five times, so I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if that was on my end or what, but uh, thank you all um, uh, for keeping it going. As we know, that's that's how we do it. So thank you, Minister Toba. Thank you, Oliver, and um, thank God for that uh, that testimony. And we are believing God with you, um, Elder Oliver, that all all is well um, in your body, along with others. We had some other uh, prayer requests uh, that was sent to us earlier today. Sister Kenya um, is requesting prayer, pretty much for her immediate immediate family. Uh, we do know her youngest son, Sean. He's getting ready to go off uh, to college. Uh, he's going to be playing football at, I believe it's at Tuskegee uh, University, um, HBCU. You know, everybody know about Tuskegee, and he's going there um, to play football. So we thank God for him. We've been able to yeah, pretty much helped raise him and uh, been a part of his life uh, for quite a few years. And uh, they, his family's been a part of our church for a few years. Um, and I've known pretty much of his family uh, pretty much all of my life. We all kind of grew up in the same church. So we kind of we're excited about his future and what uh, his future endeavors entail. So we're asking and praying that God will continue to bless him and the rest of uh, his family, Sister Kenya's family. All right, let's go. Let's go into it. As we say, thank you, uh, Mr. Toad, for keeping it uh, for that prayer and everything. Uh, we do know, especially when when you're expecting someone else to, to minister, and then things don't happen the way you expect it. I know that does kind of put us on on the spot. So I appreciate y'all uh, hanging in there till till we can get everything cleared up. So let's go to the Book of Ruth. Uh, this is going to be our continuation. Um, last 
time I did Bible study, which y'all know is pretty much every fourth Tuesday night, our family night, we try to deal with uh, family issues, uh, husbands, wives, children, uh, you know, try to encourage the family uh, dynamics and uh, give impartation from the scriptures. As we know, there's no perfect family. There's no perfect family. Anytime you're dealing with people, then, then the perfection leaves out outside of Jesus Christ. So um, husbands and wives, there's always, because there's an attack on the family, uh, there's an attack on the family unit, the way God structured it with one man, one woman, we know that there's always an attack. We There will always be an enemy of marriage. There will always be uh, the the uh, the devil will always try to attack marriage and the family units, be it, uh, you know, laws, um, you know, that support, you know, homosexual marriages or, uh, you know, pride months and different things like that. Uh, and that's just on the, on the surface, but inwardly more detail, you're, you're taking two and from two different backgrounds, two different upbringings, two different ways of life, and trying to become together as one. And, you know, uh, I've been married now over 20 years and uh, still, you know, still learning. And, and, and as much as I do know about my wife, there's still every now and then there's, there's a surprise, you know, here or there. And I'm quite sure she can say the same as much as she she can kind of tell you what I'm going to do and, and, you know, pretty much where I'm at and what I'm thinking. But every now and then I'm quite sure there's a surprise because um, now we, we're, growing, we're growing older together. We was in our youth um, when we came together, and now we're still fairly young, but, but we are growing older and being able to see the, the family dynamics change, um, you know, family dynamics change over these 22 years or so that we've been married and about 24 years that we've been together, uh, you know, just uh, just our bodies and our, you know, health challenges and different things like that, and then our children. Uh, like I told the church Sunday, uh, our you know kids are getting ready to go back to school. We got two that are out of school that are that are that have completed uh, high school. But then we got one that's that's in high school. We got one in middle school, and then we got one that's getting ready to start kindergarten. So you know most of the church families um, they're pretty much almost through with school or. Uh, some of the younger families are, you know, everyone's still, you know, in the early parts of of schooling, but here we are, you know, at the end, the middle, and the beginning. So uh, we just thank God for, for what he's doing uh, in our lives. So we, like you say, we just want to encourage uh, families on tonight. So let's let's get into to this. I talked to El Aldo yesterday, and I, we couldn't remember how far we got um, I think we got maybe I don't know if we got all the way through or we got close, maybe got halfway done. So we're going to pick up at verse 14 um, and try to get through to verse 22 and then possibly go into the second chapter on tonight. If not, we'll uh, pick up the second chapter uh, next month if the Lord's uh, say the same. So let's go to Ruth 
the first chapter and verse 14. We're going to uh, try to deal with 14 through 22. Definitely we'll get through the 22 on tonight for sure. And if some of this is, is um, you know, something is said from last time, then so be it. There may be someone on tonight that didn't hear uh, last month's, you know, what we talked about. So to God be the glory. But by this time, uh, we know Naomi, the mother of the group, uh, she lost her husband, uh, Elimelech. She lost her her uh, two sons, uh, Milan and Chilion, um, and there they had two wives, uh, you know, Orpah and uh, Ruth. And by this time, the father and the two the two husbands and her t- uh, Naomi's two sons had died, and Naomi had heard word that um, God had visited their homeland, uh, Bethlehem, Bethlehem, Judah, or Israel, if you will, had visited them because they left there because of a famine. Now, God didn't tell them to leave. They they made the choice uh, to leave due to the famine, and they go in over into Moab, which was pretty much a pagan uh, country. And if you know the history of Moab, and I think we did talk about that, uh, Moab and Israel, they they are they really they are family. They're just distant cousins or whatever. Um, but Moab, uh, he Moab himself came on the scene due to uh, Lot's daughters getting him drunk and sleeping with him. So Moab is the child of Lot and his oldest daughter. Okay, so the land that they're in now is the land of Moab, Moabites, uh, pagan country. Uh, didn't serve and didn't worship, didn't honor uh, the God of Israel. So these two boys, they found wives there. Uh, They died, and now because the famine, you know, they was in Moab, but uh, as we stated now, because word had reached um, Naomi that God had visited and had started to bless. In other words, the famine pretty much had been lifted back in her homeland, and she's deciding to go home. And as she's deciding to go home, she's pleading with her two daughter-in-laws to go ahead on and return back to Moab, to return back to uh, their father's house. And she's encouraging them, you know, go back home and, you know, praying that God would bless them with the husband and uh, that God would, you know, and, you know, even the fruits of their bodies, you know, things like that. She was, you know, praying for them and encouraging them to go to return and the daughter-in-laws both at one point put up a fuss, you know, kind of put up a fight that, uh, you know, we're not going, you know, we're going to stay with you. Don't, you know, please don't ask us to go, things like that. And, um, you know, uh, Naomi's kind of stuck on them returning. So let's pick up in verse 14. And they lifted up their voices and wept again. Okay. They wept again because, like I say, uh, Naomi had been asking them to go ahead on and return home. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clave unto her. Okay, so Orpah, you know, by this time, Orpah is, has, has made up in her mind, okay, I, I'm going to go ahead on and go back to, to Moab, uh, go back to my native land, go back to my, you know, father's house or what have you. Uh, but Ruth clave or clung onto Naomi. So you got the two daughter-in-laws here. One is making the decision, okay, I'm going to go ahead on and go back. The other said, no, I, 
it's just some about you. There's some about you. Uh, you know, I, you know. Evidently, by this time, you know, she's seeing the God in her or what have you. Uh, oftentimes, and, and a lot of us can, you know, especially married uh, couples can kind of see how uh, there's there can be friction occasionally between uh, the wife and the mother-in-law. You know, a lot of times, you know, that that woman may not want that son to go, or uh, a lot of times that that mama don't want that son to marry uh, that that girl or what have you, or that woman, and it can cause a lot of things. You know, it can cause a lot of frictions, and God knows if if that if that the the husband or son passes away, you know, a lot of times there's no more communication. You know, there's no more communication between uh, that mother-in-law and that and that daughter-in-law. Uh, but we see here that that's not the case, especially with Ruth and Naomi. And verse 15, and she said, behold, thy sister-in-law is going back unto her people. So this is Naomi talking to Ruth, okay? Uh, she's going back to her people and unto her gods, little g. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. So once again, you know, Naomi is still here trying to encourage Ruth to, to go back, you know, go on, go on back home, uh, go back to your people, and then go back to your gods, go back to your way of living, go back to your way of worship, okay? Uh, uh, the, the idolatry and things like that that was happening uh, in that city, uh, no doubt Ruth was accustomed to it, and Naomi is trying to encourage her, you know, it's okay, all right? It's okay for you to go back to doing uh, go back to your way of life. Go back to your custom. All right. Go back to to the thing. Go back to the way you are used to doing things, the way you're used to living, and the way you're used to uh, worshiping. Because we we all can can agree, especially for for believers, there's a different worship. Okay. There's a different way of worship when you become a believer in Jesus Christ. Okay. The Scripture teaches us that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away, and behold, all things come new. You, there's, there's no way you can claim the name of Christ, and we have that going on so, so uh, you know, so often, especially at funerals. You know, we, it don't matter how it seems like it don't matter how a person lives. At the funeral, we're gonna do everything we can to put them in heaven. Okay, we're gonna do everything. We, you know, I don't heard folks say they had dreams, and I don't heard folks say God spoke to them and told them that the person was. I mean, you you hear all kinds of things. Okay, you you hear all kinds of things when it comes down, uh, you know, to funerals. But we we must understand living holy and living a Christian life. It is it's a day to day thing, and and it's you know you have to deny yourself. And Jesus did say, if any man would come after me. Let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. What are you denying? You're denying your ways. Okay, you deny your action. You you even deny your tradition. You deny your culture. Because if your tradition or your culture is in conflict with what Christ teaches, then you have to make a decision. Am I going to go with what I've been taught? Am I going to go with the way I've been raised? Or am I going to stick with the word? Am I going to go with what the word says? Okay, so... If we're going to live 
uh, godly, we have to choose. There's a choice that we have to make. And here we see Ruth uh, is getting ready to make a choice that's going to change not only her life, not only Naomi's life, but it's going to change humanity. Okay, because of the choice that Ruth made, it's going to, it has changed humanity. Look at verse 16, and Ruth said, entreat me not to leave thee, okay, or beg me, you know, beg me, don't, don't ask me to leave you, or to return from following after thee, for whether thou goest, listen at this, I will go, and where thou lodgest, where you live, I will live, or I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. All right, anyone on the panel, because I, I know that that's a mouthful uh, back in previous, if ever Oliver was up tonight, he would say that, that part right there, that's the shout right there. Uh, is anybody on the panel, you want to make a comment? I know we only did like three verses so far. We only got about five more to go. Uh, anyone on the panel got, got something that they would like to say at this point? All right, all right, nobody? All right, cool. Let's go back to 16. And Ruth said, entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For whether thou goest, I will go. What kind of life had Naomi, had she, she would have had to have been living a certain lifestyle in order for this woman, Ruth, to say this? to testify or to say this. Okay, uh, I think my wife is saying she was trying to say something. Baby, can you try it again? Are you there? Okay, I don't know what's going on. We can't, I can't hear you. So, for whether thou goest, I will go, and where thou lodgest, I will lodge. That has to speak volume of the life of Naomi, okay, they have to speak volume for this woman that customarily grew up differently, had the chance to return home, had no future promises, because uh, we, we, we can tell by, by, the, by the text from, from verse 1 up to now, she was still fairly young and could easily have went back home and married and fell into, back into the, the Moab tradition and had children, but steps out, really she steps out on faith and tells Naomi and commits to Naomi by saying, where you go, I will go. And where you live or where you sleep, where you lodge, I will lodge. And then she says, thy people shall be my people. Okay, your kinfolk going to be my kinfolk, you know, wh where you are, I'm going to be also, and thy God, my God. And that would make me to say right there, my God. I mean, can, can we think of the lifestyle, you know, let's think about the people, uh, the major re religious people that, that we may be surrounded with, you know, the Muslims and uh, maybe the Catholics and uh, uh, Buddhists. Hindus or whatever, uh, and I'm just saying a lot of other pagan 
traditions or paganistic religions that people have grew up in, but does your lifestyle, even on the job or in your community, at the grocery store, or maybe even in your family, some of us grew up in families that have different religious backgrounds or different religious beliefs. You know, we may have a cousin or or a brother or sister that believes something different, and here you are claiming the name of Christ. What would be their testimony about you? What would they say? What would they say about you? Uh, you know, concerning how they see you, and I mean, is is there enough in your life? Are you living? Are you are you convicted about your faith enough to? where even a pagan or a non-believer would, would possibly be converted to Christianity just off of your lifestyle, just off of your testimony. And a lot of times we, we must understand your, your testimony, uh, of course we can tell it, but you can also live it, okay? Because we're rare of men. We are living epistles, as the scriptures say, rare of men, meaning people are watching us, even if they don't say nothing to us, even if you don't say anything to them, you know, but the, the greatest message you can preach is a silent one. So what do you mean by that, Brother Omar? What I mean by that, the greatest message you can preach is a silent one is if you, you, you don't need no microphone, you don't, need no, you don't need no audience, you don't need no B3, you don't need no drums, you don't need nothing, but people can watch the way you live and notice that there's something different, there's something peculiar about you. So she says, please don't ask me to leave you. Where you go, I'll go. Where you lodge, I'll lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God, my God. Where thou diest, so she keeps on talking in verse 17, where thou diest, will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if all but death Part thee and me. Man, what a testimony. What a testimony. Let, let, me, let, me, let me say, I mean, how great of a testimony just from the life that Naomi had to cause conviction in Ruth's life. To cause conviction in Ruth's life to make Ruth want to say, I'm forgetting my old ways. And when we talked, when we brought this subject up last month, it was more of it was along the lines of yes, you know, we often hear the women saying, you know, get your bow ass, get your bow ass, and this, that, and the other. But the question was, are you a root? And we see the character. We do. We see the character of Naomi, but even now we see the character of Ruth of what is transpiring on what is happening in her life, how she's able to submit. Now, she's able to submit to a mother. She's able to submit to someone that's above her. But based on this, we can see that Naomi carried herself in a way that, that made it easy for Ruth to, to uh, uh, be convicted. A lot of times we try to push ourselves on folk, and, and that don't work with everybody. And you shouldn't have to push yourself on nobody. If you just live a lifestyle, you just live right. You just be loving. That's why the scripture says, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. If you just do those things, 
And we can tell just from from what Ruth is saying here in just these few verses that that sheds a lot of light on the life of Naomi, which in turn shed a lot of light on the life of Ruth. So once again, to my sisters, and we're going to get into Boaz later on in, in the weeks or whatever to come, the months to come, but consider, are you a Ruth? Are you Ruth-like? Okay. Can you humble yourself? All right. Can you be loving? Can you can you can you be quiet sometimes? Everything that comes up ain't got to be said. Can you can you be meek? Okay. Those just questions to throw out there. Okay. So she says, The Lord don't do so to me and more also if aught but death part thee and me. She says, I'm sticking with you a minute. For the long haul, I'm in it for the long haul. And what and what a great thing to have a friend or a family person that you know you can count on, in spite of in spite of what you've done, what you're doing, in spite of how bad. Because right now, right now it's bad. It's bad for Naomi. It's bad, and the only hope she has is is to go back to the place to her homeland, the place that she left. So it's not like she she got a great future, not that she know of. Okay, we can read the text and we can read the book of Ruth and see how it turned out, but they didn't know that at this time. Okay, they didn't know that at this time. And really, in, in relationships, you you better make sure you're you're getting the one you're partnering up with the one that can handle it, handle the rough time. You don't need folk that can only that that can only be with you and be friendly or your ace boom coon or whatever when you got money when everything is going good when when everything is all right when everything is jolly. No, you you better make sure you're getting hooked up and linked up and making covenant, okay, covenant relationship with folk that you that in spite of where you are in life can be there to help you, be there to pray for you, be there to to lift you up, be there to restore you. I don't care where you are in Christ. You're gonna need somebody to restore you. You're gonna need somebody, you know, to 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 speak life to you. You're gonna need somebody to encourage you. I preach thousands of messages. I preach thousands of messages. Okay, and every now and then I need somebody to say, Pastor, that was a good one. Oh man, that was hey, that's about the best one I've heard. And to pat me on the back and say, Hey, be encouraged. I'm with you. I'm following you. I'm with you. Be encouraged. Hang on in there. Okay? We all need that sometimes. We all need that. We all need need that assurance. And we know God is there, but ain't nothing like hearing it from, from somebody else, especially those that you labor with, okay, those that, are, those that, that know your work, that knows what you've been through, that knows your, your, your labor in the gospel. Okay. All right. Anyone on the panel? It's right at seven thirty. We're right at the halfway part. Part. Just got a few more verses. Anyone on the panel got anything to say at this moment? Um, Pastor, I'll chime in at this point. I'll say, um, definitely, right now, doing a good job. Um, so far, getting us up to speed, and not only that, just um, you know, giving us the real life applications to be able to kind of learn from from the scriptures and. Um, what I get from this, just even on the latter portion that we just read through, 
um, dealing with Ruth and Naomi and their connection um, is Ruth is showing a lot of uh, loyalty, you know what I mean, loyalty and, and, and respect at this point because, you know, when you're going through a situation like how she's lost it all, uh, Naomi's lost it all, and then, you know, you got someone that's going to, to be there for you and not only that, you know, and talking about, you know, I'm supporting you. This is a different level of support. You talking about, you know, I'm I'm gonna be with you, but hey, I'm a your guy gonna be my guy, your folks my folks, and stuff like that. Like, you know, those are the type of type of people that you know you kind of want around you. And you know, thank God, you know, she's uh, you know a God fearing uh, woman, you know, uh, at this point because that's good to get around someone that's heading in the you know, in, in the right direction spiritually, you know, that has a connection with God. And at this point, this is at a at a low point for Naomi, you know, someone to be there and support you. Everybody need that, like you said, need a little bit of uh, support. So we just got to, you know, continue to encourage each other and also understand that there's plenty of examples in the Bible just like this to be able to give you, you know, encouragement at your lowest point because, you don't know how that's going to carry on later on because you could be at a low point right now. We're reading about her low point, but uh, also you don't we don't get to the point where we see how everything changes, you know, because uh, we just don't have the time once you get to it. But, man, you know, things begin to turn around, and we don't know when we're going through how we're going to get out, but we know that we just got to lean on God and understand that he'll bring us through whatever the situation, no matter what it is and how tough it is, and the only situation was tough. So we just learned a whole lot. Um, just thank you for this. Um, and that's that's pretty much all I got to say. That's awesome. Awesome, Mr. Tober. A lot of stuff crossed my mind when you were saying that. That's, that's real good. Uh, anyone else at this time? Anyone else uh, on the panel? All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you for that, Mr. Tope. You know, I, I begin to think even in, in ministry, um, and anyone that that's has ever walked close with a pastor, I had I had the before I pastored, I had the opportunity uh, of my father to, to walk closely and um see a lot of things before I as I stated before I started pastoring, seeing a lot of things that happens to a pastor and happen to uh, in ministry, and a lot of that, of course, I didn't know at the time or, or decisions that my father made at the time, you know, as a young man, I was like, man, why you do that? Why you do that? Why you do this? You know, or why you didn't do this or why you didn't do that? And it, it really, a lot of it really didn't dawn on me until later on uh, in ministry, and then when I started pastoring, then I could look back and pull on those things that I saw my father and mother uh, go through. Now, it was different because now it was my time, okay? It was my time or me and my wife's time because she, she has the same background. Uh, she grew up in the house with, you know, a pastor and her grandfather, a bishop, and all, you know, family uh, establishing churches and different things like that. So we, it, it was amazing, you know, years later after we got married and now we're in the position that we're in, how we both can pull on things that we went through 
as children and as young adults up until we got married and, and I started pastoring. And um, being able to see, you know, I, I saw my father and mother, I mean, take in families. Literally at one time they, they took in a, 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 a Caucasian family. This lady, she went to jail and she had five children. She had five children, and her youngest was like a newborn, like, I mean, literally a, a few months old. She was taking it, taking the prison, had no one to take care of the family. And I, I saw my mom and dad take that family in, and here we are in Lower Park, which is the hood. And, you know, white folk didn't come in the hood, you know, and they, they did everything they could to keep us out of their neighborhood. But here my family got, you know, we got five white white kids, you know, in the house, and my parents took care of them like like the children were their own. I mean, put them in school. Uh, I mean, they had to fight to do that, they had to fight to put the, the kids in school and different things like that. And when the woman got out of jail, you would have thought that she would have been appreciative and everything and, you know, gracious of, of the act that my parents did. But, I mean, that woman, when she got out, you know, she, she as the old folks say, she called my parents everything but children of God. But I saw them even in, in rough times in ministry when you try to help folk, it doesn't always come back from those people that you help most, okay? It doesn't always come back, okay, from the people that you help most. But the good part about it is when you sow those seeds, they got to come back up, okay? They got to come back up. So you never know how it's going to come, but if we continue to sow good seeds, they got to come back up. And see, and then with me and my wife, when we went through some moments in ministry as pastor, pastor and first lady, you know, first lady, you know, if you will, uh, me and my wife uh, went through hardship moments, then you can look back and say, okay, well, we, we saw it happen, but it's new because now it's happening to us. But through that, the seeds that we've sown, God still said, look, at the seeds that you sow, it may not be coming from those ones that you may have invested the most in or you spent so much time doing uh, ministry and counseling and going to see about them and different things like that, but those seeds still were sown. They were planted. And even now, those seeds, even though they was planted from maybe a different person or to a different family, there's still a remnant there, even in our local church now, that I can look out every Sunday and say, these are the seeds that's been planted. Even though it does get difficult sometimes, it gets hard sometimes, okay? A pa- pastor is not easy. Preaching ain't easy. And God knows being the spouse of a preacher, you know, it ain't easy. And I had an opportunity this Sunday after our service, I uh, took a family member back home, and I went back and I sat in, in the service uh, Pastor Sam, and when I sat there, I just, it was an encouragement. I shared this with Ella Oliver yesterday. It was an encouragement to me to see there was only a few of us in that service. And that man, he preached, he preached like the church was full. And when I say a few, that I mean, I'm talking about just on, pretty much on one hand. Uh, but he preached like the church was full. And that that further strengthened me and encouraged me to say, hey, you got more just in your family. You got more that just that's of your seed between you and your wife that's in service than what this man had. 
So you got to keep preaching. You got to keep preaching. And that was just an encouragement. And I shared this with Ella Oliver yesterday. I said, you know, that was an encouragement to see this. And I do it anyway, but sometimes you got to see it. I always, I, I always preach like it's my last time. That I, I don't know no other way but to do it. But then sometimes you need to see it. You know, you need to see it, and it further um, proves. And, and like now, our church, we got, you know, within the next three months, you know, we got to uh, relocate. Okay, we got to relocate. And the funny thing about that is the Lord had already begun to show me that, and I had already spoke it, I think, about three or four weeks prior to me finding out that, okay, hey, yeah, we got like three months that we need to, you know, find somewhere else to go. We need to find somewhere else that we're going to be able to, you know, have the fellowship. And I told my wife then, I said, you know what, it's just taking me back 14 years where we just had to search and, you know, had to ride around. And then I, I spoke to uh, a friend of mine, a business owner today, and he said he said something to me. He knew he know he knew nothing about you know we you know going to have to transition again or which we knew that was going to happen anyway. We knew this wasn't a a forever thing. We you know we knew it was going to happen. Uh, but he spoke to me and he said you know his landlord at his business you know they're trying to sell, which is a lot of stuff that's going on in Lawrenceville. Lawrenceville is hot right now. It really is. It really is hot. Um, but he said. He said, Omar, he said, you know, even if the landlord does sell this building, I'm all right because God has already made a way for me to do whatever the next step is. He's already made a way. He said, so I ain't worrying about it. And I didn't even go into what we have to do, but it spoke to my spirit even then to say, God already knows. He already knows what's next because I'm, a, I'm, I'm the type of pastor where I don't want to be a burden. You know, we can easily just go out and get, hey, you know, let's go get some but." Because I'm conscious of the people and finances of the people, I don't want to just get into anything that's going to be a burden. And before I do that, I told somebody, I said, hey, man, I said, before I do that, dude, we'll, we'll go back to Facebook Live and, and just kind of work it out until we can get something that's going to be feasible for the people. And I'm all right with that. Okay, I'm all right with that if that's what the Lord, you know, if that's what the next move is. But that don't mean I'm not – that I'm not out looking. I told most of the brethren of the church, um, this is what's going on, and you know, begin to look to see what what we can what we can do. But I already know because we can't see it. That doesn't mean God hasn't already fixed it. Okay, just because you can't see it, just because you can't see it happening, just because you can't see it manifesting right now, that does not mean God is not going to manifest. It doesn't mean that God is not going to work it out, okay? And we can see this in this story with, with Naomi and Ruth. They don't see, they can't see what's getting ready to happen. They can't see how God is setting it up and orchestrating what's getting ready to happen. Okay, we can. We should build our faith to know if God did it for them, we serving the same God, then he's going to do it for us. He's going to work out your family issue. He's going to work out your children, the issue going on with your children. He's going to work out the issue between you and your husband or you and your, you and your wife, okay, your in-laws that, that, that you may call outlaws. He can work all that out. You just got to follow through the process, okay? You got to follow through some process. That, that's some people listen to me now. Your marriage, is on, your marriage is on the rocks, okay? You don't see how in the world you're going to come out of it. 
You don't see how in the world that is going to get better. Okay, that's because you you looking right now. You you you're you got a tunnel vision. I was doing a study on that this uh, earlier today. Uh, we, me and my wife, getting ready to go back to school, and that was some of our studies and tests we had to do for that. And it talked about the tunnel vision and being laser focused on just one thing. And when you're just focused on just one specific thing, you miss everything else that's going on. And we've got to be careful with that. We can be so focused. You can be so ministry-driven and focused on ministry, 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 that your family go, that other areas of your life go lacking. Okay? You can be so family, family, family-driven that your ministry or other areas go, go lacking. Thereby, we must have balance. Okay? You must have balance. Okay? You must have balance in families. All right? That's important. Okay. All right. Before we before I read these last few verses, anyone on the panel tonight? Anyone got anything they want to add so far? Okay. All right. Let's look at verse eighteen. We're going to get through to twenty two and we'll be through. When she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. In other words, when Naomi recognized she wasn't going to get through, she wasn't going to make Ruth change her mind about going with her, she left her alone. Okay? She stopped talking about it. Okay? That's that's, that's as simple as that could get. So they, too, went until they came to Bethlehem. We're in verse 19. And it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem that all the city was moved about them. And they said, is this Naomi? Naomi, you know you know me. Is this Naomi? Okay. And she said unto them, call me no more Naomi. Call me Mara. I believe, and I didn't write it down, but I believe Naomi meant pleasant. If someone on the panel, you may can correct me if, if you know, but I think I think uh, Naomi, her name, Naomi, that name meant pleasant. But Naomi returns home and say, I'm no longer pleasant. Don't call me pleasant no more. Call me Mara. Okay? Call me Mara. For the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. And Mara means bitter. So she left pleasant. Uh-oh. I almost took a text right there. But she returned bitter. See, and that's what happened when you look at when you look at things spiritually, when you leave God, or when you with God, it might be pleasant. You get out there and, and things happen, it becomes bitter. Okay? It becomes bitter. And the devil will do a couple of things. Him the devil will make you think God done God done forgot about you. And remember, Naomi didn't know what was getting ready to happen, what was going to come in her future. But right now, she says, don't call me pleasant. I'm bitter. Sometimes life can make you bitter. Sometimes people can make you bitter. And I think my daddy preached a message years ago, don't be bitter, be better. Okay? But, you know, hey, let's, let's deal with real life. Let's be transparent. Sometimes people, especially folks that you put your, your hope and your trust in, and when they let you down, you can become bitter. All right? You can become bitter. And this is not to the world. This is the church. 
church. This is all us. This to the bishops, from the bishops on down. You can become bitter because of, of, of life, because of things that happen, things that transpire in your life. Okay? So they too went, verse 19 again, so they, verse 19 again, so they too went to the king of Bethlehem, and it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem that all the city was moved about them, and they said, is this Naomi? Verse 20, and she said to them, call me not Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. Let's make this point also. Even though Naomi was in a strange land, Okay, we can still see that she didn't forget her God. Even though things was going on and things, you know, she wasn't at home. Okay, she was in a strange land at Moab, but she still knew who her God was. And now, even though we still don't see where she's charging God foolishly, I think that's what Job says. She didn't charge God. She just said, hey, he's dealt with me bitterly. And you, you ask any woman that has lost her husband and her two sons, because we know traditionally that culture, okay, if your husband died, hey, if you had some sons, you were still considered, you know, hey, kind of middle class. Now, they didn't look at racism and, and stuff like how we do based on your color. Uh, it, was, it was based on, you know, your, your classification. Hey, if you didn't have no boys, you were considered lower class. You was a widow with no sons. Because you you had to count on other folks to take care of you. That's why in the tradition in, in uh, Old Testament, you know that if a if a son died or a brother died, that other brother would go into that wife and try to raise up seed, namely a male child, okay, to keep the support to keep that family lineage going. Hey, you can have as many girls as you wanted, but I'm just talking about that culture back then. Hey, if you had sons, okay, then 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 you you was considered blessed. All right? Okay, verse twenty again, and she said unto them, Call me not Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. Okay, yeah. Exactly what I just said. Look at verse twenty one. I went out full. I was pleasant when I went out, when I left home. Okay, when I left Bethlehem, I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. Okay? She's feeling empty. These are her real feelings. These are her real feelings. And sometimes we try to tell folks about their feelings. No, well, your feelings are real to you. Okay? Now, how you act on your feelings, okay, that's a different subject, but, you know, hey, you have a right to feel you know, you, you feel the way you feel, okay. All right, that's your feelings. So I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. Why then call ye me, call ye me Naomi? Seeing the Lord hath testified against me, and the Almighty hath afflicted me. Some theologians say, I'm just going to throw it out there, but some theologians say, it's, it's not scripture, but uh, say that God did that because they left home. Okay, and then because those those boys, uh, Chile, Milan and Chilion, married um, pagan women. Okay, because we know the tradition was 
you kept it in, you know, you're marrying inside the family. So some theologians, some scholars um, say, well, God punished her, you know, and some even suggested, which I'm just throwing it out there, uh, some even suggested that, hey, maybe it was it was Naomi's, uh, maybe she didn't suggest it that they leave. Well, you know, hey, there's a famine going on because of the children of Israel's disobedience. You know, God is bringing judgment. So, hey, some say, well, Let's go, let's go, let's go find somewhere else where, uh, you know, where we can survive. Well, we see how that turned out. Even just in suggesting if that was the case, it didn't turn out good because she lost her husband and her two sons. Okay? So she went out full and the Lord had brought her home empty. So why didn't call me Naomi, meaning pleasant, saying the Lord had testified against me and the Almighty hath afflicted me. So Naomi returned, last verse, so Naomi returned, and Ruth, the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, with her, which returned out of the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of barley harvest. Okay, that barley harvest was a type of cereal-type um, harvest, which in the beginning they left because of famine, meaning one none being harvest, but in their return. Remember, Naomi had heard that God had visited Bethlehem, you know, visit her people, her homeland again. And when she's returning, we see that there's a harvest going on. And we're going to see as we continue to go through, like I say, this is only three, uh, four chapters, so we got three more chapters. We're going to see how the harvest, not just the natural or the food harvest comes, but even everything else, how she had been destitute and lost seemingly everything. But that, that one thing that she kept, she tried to get rid of that one thing, but that one thing that she kept that clung to her would put her in a position for the rest of her life. Long, long. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, you know what? A lot of times we're looking for a lot of people. You look for a lot of people to be around you. You look for a lot of people to... to to toot your horn and to, to, as we were saying, telling you to go ahead, and sometimes you only need one. See, when you got the right one, and as we say, when you got the right rib, no need for spare rib. Okay, when you got the right one, uh, sometimes it, it ain't gonna come from that that one that that you think it should, that you're thinking it's going to come from. Okay, that go ahead, that encouragement. Hey, you never know. It could be it could be somebody that don't even know you. But God can take somebody that you don't know that he knows and put a word in their mouth just for you. And you may not ever see that person again. You may not ever get a chance to tell them thank you. You don't know who for this next move in your life, this next uh, major step in your life, you don't know who that word is going to come from that's going to encourage you or or tell you, you you've been praying about it, but you need confirmation. And you never know who it's going to come from. Sometimes, in a lot of cases, it comes from the person you least suspect because God knows. And I'm a witness of that, like I said, just up to date. I ain't have to share all my, I ain't have to share all the decisions I had to make. I just sat there and listened and, be, and was an ear to someone else, and they gave me the confirmation that I needed to hear at the time. Because <laughs> whether y'all know it or not, praise time now, everybody's not for us. Okay? But that's okay. Because if God be for us, don't forget, I've been telling you all that for years. 
If God be for us, the who don't matter. All right? All right. Before we raise the offering, anybody on the panel, and we got a few minutes. We I finished a little early. Thank God. Um, y'all remember next next month we'll pick up at Chapter 2. So if I forget where we're at, y'all remember, y'all remind me with Chapter 2. Uh, I think my wife had a problem. Um, I think she was mute. I don't know if she was able, able to get on. Uh, but anyone else on the panel got any last words for tonight, any last comments for tonight? Good evening, y'all. So I just had a quick comment. Um, I feel like generally we speak about a lot of great people in the Bible because there are a lot of great people in different stories and parables and things. But um, before we did this Bible study, like, Naomi, she didn't get the credit that she deserved personally because she had right. been through so much. There's so yes. many things that she had been through. And usually when we talk about Ruth, we focus on Ruth. And obviously as we get deeper into the, the chapters and things, we will see why. But Naomi is a very, very important part of the story and the, the journey and the development of Ruth. And I feel yes. like that spotlight wasn't on her as much as it should have been um, until now. And just wow. the fact that she went through so much and so many things between the famine, losing her husband, losing her sons. And, I mean, obviously we don't know everything, but it don't seem like she complained too much if, if she did. Right. And the fact that yeah. she was even selfless and told her daughter-in-laws, hey, Y'all don't worry about me. Y'all go ahead. Y'all go live y'all life. Y'all go be great. But because of the, the woman that she was, because of the the strength and the faith that she displayed in front of them, one of her daughter-in-laws, obviously Ruth, she was like, nah, like, I'm with you. I got you. Like, I want to, you know, be next to you. I want to be with you. I want to learn from you. I want to grow with you. I want to know that God that you know that you serve that you can still be so faithful to after everything that you've been through. And we need to be wow. more like that even now because any little thing happened to us and we, we ready to throw in the towel. We ready to just give up, you know, and some of us, not me, <laughs> we be even cursing God and it's wrong <laughs> yeah. and it's, it's, yeah. it's nasty and it, it's, it's hateful. And, you yeah. know, it, it just shows that, Every single last one of us in life, our journeys are going to be different. Mine is not going to be like pastors. His is not going to be like Oliver's. Everybody's is going to be different. But how you rise up to the occasion and how you handle it is what's going to help you to persevere. And hers was keeping her faith in God as ours should be also. So I just think wow. that it is, it's beautiful that she – displayed a life in front of her daughter-in-laws that showed them that, no, we're going to, well, at least Ruth, we're going to stay here. We're going to stick with you. So, you know, it just kind of makes you wonder, the people that are around you, whether it's people at your church, your coworkers, your friends, your family, like what, when they look at you, what are they seeing? What life are you displaying in front of them to feel like they want to, follow you in the sense to, to know what that God is that you're serving. Who is it that people see when they look at you? 
what do they see? Because, I mean, honestly, this lady had every right to give up. That's a that's a lot of pain to endure back to back to back. But she kept her faith because she believed in God so heavy. But pastors say one thing wrong with us at church, and it might not even be directed to you. Not only do you stop going to church, but you just stop worshiping and stop believing in God because somebody hurt your feelings. Wow. Like, Tabernacle is not the only church, but there should never, ever be a reason to why you leave your church to not go to anybody's wow. church and get any word at all. And I understand right. it because I know people that are near and dear to my heart where they left a church and they don't go to nobody's church. They're, they don't get any word in them. Wow. I don't care who it is, what the situation is. There is nothing on this earth. There's no situation that is hard enough, tough enough, and everybody has hurt and pain. Everybody has disagreements, but there is nothing that should draw you away from the love of God and your worshiping him. Nothing. Wow. Sorry, my comment was so long. Wow. That was great. When you said that, uh, Sister Tobert, my mind, I'm, I'm, <laughs> my mind just went to um, what Sister Bugs, when she gave the message Sunday, and when she gave us those little pamphlets, I just, I, I saved mine. I'm looking right at it now, and uh, it says, "Lord help me." And it says, "Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword?" As it is written, for, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Then it says, no, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor demons nor, nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor debt nor anything else or any other creature will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I, I, I got my little pamphlet and now I had it on my desk. And I, that just brought back what she preached so, the word she gave so on Sunday. Um, you know, and, and I'm glad you, you brought out something that's, that's so crucial. And I've said it for years. And I remember my father, I remember my dad saying it so often. You can get hurt at your job, but you're going to go back to work that next day. You can get cussed out at a restaurant, your favorite restaurant, but you, when you've got a taste for that, you're going to go back to it. But when it comes to church, they hurt my feelings. He was preaching at me. A lot of times, and I, and I can't speak for every preacher, but I can speak for me. I don't have folks say, well, you was talking about me. I had no clue. I had no clue. And if it's something that, that things that if I did have a clue and the Holy Ghost would lead me to say it, especially if it's sinful or something that's going to help deliver you and save your soul, then that's part of my job. Reprove, rebuke. Okay? So that's a great, great point. Her lifestyle, and you're right, we, we hardly ever, and I can witness that I'm 44 years in church, 44 years in church. I don't think I've ever heard a message on Naomi. I don't think I've ever heard a text. And somebody, and this is including me. So I, I, you, you definitely that was that you are definitely on point, uh, Sister Tober. I know I, 
I, I can all, I know I ain't never preached nothing on Naomi. So, you know, this gives us a whole new look. And I appreciate you bringing that up because that encourages me to stick with it. Go ahead on and, and stick with it because that's some other points that, that God wants us to know and want us to see some other, how do we apply the scripture. It's one thing to be a hearer of the word, but God wants us to be a doer, meaning apply the word to our life and then live it out. Great comments, Tober. Anyone else on the panel? Good evening. Can y'all, can you hear me? We can hear you. Okay. All right. So I have so many comments, but it's okay. I'm going to sum it on up in less than a minute. Um, what I was looking at far as Ruth, um, this this lesson has, it, it definitely makes you kind of, you know, kind of check yourself. Um, but Ruth, a great, um, a great, just woman of character, um, and I looked up her name um, when you were when Omar when you were talking about the as far as what you know Naomi's name means and all of that. So um, when we uh, you put it out, you know anyway it was saying that her name represents friend, being a friend and friendship, and a lot of times it's um, not just looking at it as you know daughter in law, mother in law, but are you are, are you a true friend? Are you that person? Um, this is what I only can say what I got. It's a lot, but I'm just going to, you know, share this part. But even with being a friend, you know, a lot of times with in-laws, it's like, oh, God. Anyway, just being just being honest. But then you uh-huh. have some that they actually build a relationship, a bond, and being a friend. And I was like, well, I can imagine, you know, she, you know, married to the son and, you know, as a mother, you know, you're going to say something or try to correct, especially in those days or whatever, but are you a true friend? As we were, as Sister Tobert was saying, and when you came back with that, um, a lot of times nowadays people don't take friendship seriously. Um, they don't take, you know, wow. if you tell them what's wrong, they get mad. Well, a true friend, I, I, a friend loves it at all times. And then not only that, I'm going to, a friend must first show themselves friendly, as the scripture says. So if as a friend, I'm gonna if I see you going down the wrong path, I'm going to correct it. I'm gonna bring it right. to your attention. But if you're a true friend, um, even if there's anything that, you know, even in situations to where someone could have said something and they didn't mean to say it the way they said it, but it came off wrong, but I'm your friend. I'm not just I'm not gonna get mad at you and leave it, you know, oh she did. okay, so that means we really didn't have a bond and a friendship from the beginning if y'all understand what I'm saying. Um, but yeah. that's what I look at with their relationship with Ruth and they and Ruth and Naomi. Um, that's the love. And if you can say you can, if you can follow somebody where you go, I go and where you lodge your lives, where you die, that's some, that's very powerful. Some people yes. you follow them to their job or just follow them to the car and they turn the radio on, you're like, Okay, now that's it and you know, you're done. Right. But um that's one of the right. many comments that I want to make, so that's it. <laughs> That's great. I, I thought about I thought about the word covenant, and when it, when you think about covenant, um, you you can see uh, based on the point you made, uh, Sister Zachary, my beloved. You see this with Ruth and Naomi, but then you see if you really go and look at Jonathan and David, how they were in covenant. Okay, they they were in covenant with each other. 
And sometimes, you know, you you can think you're in covenant with a person, but when when something happens, it it really will reveal their true heart. Okay, it really will. It'll reveal what's what's. Re- and you know what? People can hide stuff for a long time. I'm talking to you, church folk. You can hide stuff. Well, us church folk hide stuff for a long time, but eventually, the real you. As the as the, the song said, I see your true colors shining through. Eventually, it's gonna sh- it's gonna shine through. Something's gonna happen. The hardship. And we see through this hardship, Ruth and Naomi, Ruth's real colors shine through. Friend, she was in covenant. She was in covenant, real covenant with her mother-in-law. And, Lord, I'm trying not to go into what's going to happen, but just look at that covenant and what it brought to fruition, what it produced. See, when you can find a real friend that, hey, you know, a real friend can tell you when you're wrong and can tell you when you're right. Your real friend will tell you, no, no, partner, you need to go home. Real friend tell you, no, hey, don't take that advice from them other folk. Okay? I done had folks that, especially married men that I have talked with and they, they take advice from single men. No, man, uh-uh. No, that's reason. It's a reason why that person, that why that dude's single. You don't listen to that, man. Go home. Get that thing right. Get that thing right with your with your wife. That's one of the worst things you can do. You uh, a married person be taking counsel, first of all from somebody unsaved, and then from somebody single. And you better check it. No mean, no mean. All of it is is wrong. But I'm saying check it. Okay, check it. Because a lot of folk that single. Okay, they they probably ain't happy that you're married. Anyway, so you got to watch that. You got a bunch of single sisters and a bunch of single brothers, and and you already know why they single. Or uh, that done been married four, five, six times is a reason. Is a reason. Ain't no way I'll be taking advice. Uh, not nothing serious outside of you telling me how <laughs> how to mess up a marriage. No, give me somebody that that. That, that's been in it for a while, that's been in it longer than I have, and that, that can tell some stories. That's covenant, right? You with a person that ain't going to tell you the truth, that ain't going to tell you, hey, man, hey, you, you, sit down somewhere. You with somebody that you got a relationship or in, in friendship with someone, you're not in covenant if you can't be brutally, and I said brutally honest, with that person. There's some decisions you about to make. And you know you're wrong, but you want to hear that you that you're right, and so you keep calling it, and you can call this person. They tell you, "Yeah, man, go ahead. I, hey, I do it too." You gotta to watch that. Be careful. All right. Anyone else on the panel before we close? Thank you, Sister Zachary and Sister Toby. Great comments. Anyone else? All right. Thank you all so much for tuning in tonight. This has been a great. Bible study. Hopefully, hopefully it's been thought-provoking to our listeners. We also want to give a shout-out uh, to Deacon Oglesby. Uh, we missed him on Sunday. Keep him in prayer also. Keep him in prayer uh, that God will continue to touch his body. Um, and I think his wife's, I think his birthday is tomorrow. So let's, we're wishing him 
a happy 15, sweet 16 birthday. Praise the Lord and wishing him many, many more. Shouts out to Coach O. We love you, man. We appreciate you. Thank God for you and your family. All right. Um, let's do our, let's do give the offering information real quick. Amen. I know I've been missing, especially giving. I, I normally give two tonight. I normally give give a offering to extended arms. I'm gonna do that tonight. I've been missing it uh, the past few weeks. Been back and forth out of town. So I'm glad. You know, we're glad to be back on schedule, getting ready to start back work. So those that would like to give uh, offering to extended arms, you can do so at dollar sign E A Ministry. Once again, that's dollar sign E A Ministry. And that'll go to our outreach uh, ministry and to our local church. You can do so at dollar sign PTC 877. That's going to go directly to our local church, Praise Tabernacle Church Incorporated. Once again, dollar sign PTC 877. And may the Lord bless you real good. Once again, keep in mind as you go through the week, when you're praying, when you're on, as old folks say, when you're on your prayer bones, uh, we want to keep Elder Derek Oliver and his family lifted in prayer. Uh, we missed him on Sunday also. He, he's working, and he had, he had to work on Sunday. So we talked with him yesterday and just praying, asking y'all to keep him lifted and his family lifted in prayer. Uh, also, Sister Kenya and her family uh, keep Sister Kenya and her family lifted in prayer and the Oglesby family, you know, Deacon Oglesby and his family. Uh, also, I didn't get a chance to say it Sunday, but a childhood friend of mine was murdered uh, about a week and a half ago, about two weeks ago, uh, Brother Charles Wright. Uh, a lot of you that's, that, that's been knowing me for years, you know Bishop Charlie Wright um, and my Uncle Leon that passed away a few years or so ago, but this is Charlie's uh, son, uh, C.P., uh, so we didn't make it to the funeral. We was heading back in town Saturday when they had his funeral, but I did get a chance to go out. Before we left Orlando, I did get a chance to go out and sit with his mom and his sister and his cousin. Um, so just we're praying that, that they find whoever did this. He was murdered. He was shot. So 41 years old, 41 years old. We grew up in Linwood Park Church together, and, um, a few years older than he was, I was like a big brother to him and his 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 brother um, throughout Shambly, throughout our years at Shambly and his sisters. We all was in school together, and part of their family is, is my family. We all was most of us bus from Little Park, just like family anyway. So keep the right family in prayer. And may the Lord bless you real good. I'm getting so many comments of the saints enjoying the Bible study. Thank you all so much. Thank you so much. We do appreciate you all tuning in and for your commenting. Thanks to the panel. Thanks out. Shout out to the panel. Thank you all so much on tonight. And may the Lord bless you real good. Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you again. We thank you for your word on tonight. And we know it won't return to your void. We pray now that you will continue to strengthen your people. These ones that we have on our prayer list, God, you know what the need is. You know what the cause is. And, God, we know that you're yet able to touch, heal, and deliver. Your word declares that you was wounded 
for our transgression and bruised for our iniquities, chastising of our peace was upon you, and with your stripes we are healed. So we understand that uh, these things are spiritual and uh, salvation, but we also thank, thank you that you are the God that healeth all our infirmities, all our disease. You are able to heal. And, God, we just thank you, and we believe in you for some testimonies, not many days hence, some words that comes back to help encourage your people that you're still healing and that you're still delivering. And, God, even as our children gets ready to return back to school, we pray that all is well. We pray for journey mercies for those that are riding the bus, those that are driving the bus, for the teachers in the school, for the parents. And we're just trusting in you that you're going to take care of us, God, that all, all of our needs are met through you. As we leave this place, never your presence. Matthew 28, 19 through 20 tells us to go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. God bless you. Have a great week.